Hello, and welcome to the Turbo Geeks Podcast, a short format pod where dope people talk about dope topics. On today's episode, I've got my buddy, Carl Powley. We talk about self-worth and do an AMRAP with him. He was just here in Seattle at my affiliate Foundation CrossFit to teach his last ever training seminar. Um, we did the Muscle Up Masterclass. Foundation is proud to say that we've held every iteration of the Freestyle Connection and Carl's um, seminars from freestyle running to freestyle gymnastics, all that good stuff. Um, he was up here in Seattle, and so I interviewed him after the seminar. I hope you enjoy. Like and subscribe, all that good stuff. And here we go. And one literally across the street that way. But it's like, I don't... People who want F45 aren't CrossFitters. Yeah, I would not worry about them. Yeah, and CrossFitters would go in there and be like, this is not that fun. Or this is like too easy or whatever. But there's that. There's a bar studio right here. Mm -hmm. There's a personal training studio and a pole fitness studio just on the other end of that block. Yeah, you guys run a different show. It's a different different business. So, like, I don't care about it um, as much. I know I had a friend who did have a gym down in the where all the stadiums are. Mm-hmm. It was like the only training gym there, serious about strength and conditioning. And then uh, there's a Home Depot there and there's like a, just these huge buildings. And I don't know if maybe there are some in the Bay, but Momentum, Momentum. Climbing Gym. That's no, no. Okay, it's no, the no. same kind of idea, but it also had like a training area. They could put, you know, a lot of money towards the rogue mm-hmm, stuff to mm-hmm. put in there. And he got like super freaked out. I was like, dude, he, you are the CrossFit kettlebell guy. Right. Uh, other than Martone. He's like Martone's second. Uh, you don't have anything to worry about. But he got freaked out. He left. Really? Yeah. And it was like, they're not, they're not your competition. Like people, people who pay for training aren't going to go there because you don't get any training there. Hmm. You just get access to, like, new gear, right? So it's very, very weird. I don't know. Um, but I don't, you know. You guys just have to focus on what you're doing. Right. Which is... It's interesting, though, you know, knowing uh, markets mm-hmm. and seeing, like, who cares for what and who values what. Yeah. Like, we have we had visitors come in for the open who say things like, you know, this is really great. I'm glad you're open so late. It's like six. It's six thirty. What are you talking about? But you know, when you travel and you try to drop into a CrossFit gym, depending on where you are and what kind of place it is, it's either open till you know nine like us, or their last class was at five. Right. Interesting. Do you what? Do you, like, what are the hours over at Telegraph? Uh, I think they finish around eight thirty. Okay. Um, and maybe they leave by nine. So, uh, but yeah, they what go kind out. of neighborhood are you in? I'm in a neighborhood that is similar to this. Okay. So uh, it's city, urban, 
but at the same time, there's coffee shops around. And walkable, very well. Every, everything is walkable, yeah. although most people drive or bike. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, like a, it's like a neighborhood like this. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of foot traffic. Like, they get a lot of people... I know when I've been there late, they get a lot of people around 8.30 walking in and, you know, checking it out. And then people who visit... Is it because there are, like, bars in the area and stuff, too? Yeah, there are restaurants and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a, it's a... It's like this. Yeah. But you guys don't get the foot traffic that way, right? No, we do. You we do? definitely do. Like, yeah, people everybody... go walk down the ramp or what? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So it's just like... Who's that? I don't, I don't recognize those faces kind of thing. Uh-huh. So then it's just making sure that we have people to greet... And that's not just, like, staff. I try to train, like, you know, your your seniors in the gym mm-hmm. to be like, hey, you know, if you see somebody who looks lost, just say hi. And, like, this is the process. Direct them over here uh, or hand them this pamphlet, you know, right. that kind of stuff. Um, not to make sales, but just, like, our goal is always to make everybody Community. feel welcome. Yeah. 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 So, like, if they are, have no idea what they're doing... And that's for safety, too, because, you know, it's because of the neighborhoods. You get mm-hmm. your other side of it sometimes, especially early in the morning. You get people all drugged out, just, like, randomly walking in. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you have to be able to control that kind of stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. So, And then, you know, because we're also surrounded by bars, and then in the evening, it's... Yeah, it can get a little wild. Yeah, drunk bros who are all like, oh, hey, you know how to use these rings? Like, please don't, please don't touch that. Yeah. Here. This is a members-only facility, uh, and we're running a class right now. So, you know, you want to come back at some point here. See you tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. <laughs> when you slept it off. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's rough. Uh, that's kind of like what you have to deal with being in the business, right? Yeah, and I think the city, city life is a little bit different, too. Uh, so, like, you know, people live in the neighborhood that we're in. Mm-hmm. Let's say we go downtown here. There, there aren't many living units. Right, more offices. And so it's like retail. You, your and stuff. hot hours are just before work or just after work, mm-hmm. and that's only if you have showers, um, or their work has showers or what have you. But then they, you know, just what, we drove two blocks or three blocks or something. Their hours are cut way shorter. You know, they don't offer as many things uh, because they have to do that for their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always the interesting part, at least in the this training space, pay for training space. How do you value that, and how does somebody, you know, you've never owned an affiliate, but like, how do you make uh, ensure that you're getting a paycheck for all of your coaches, and then you're putting food on the table for your family? Yeah, that's massive. That's massive. Uh, yeah, that it's a that's a hard um, question to answer, but what I what I have seen. And I mean, I've owned an affiliate from a distance. So I, okay. I used to own a, an affiliate in Spain. Oh, yeah. And my whole thing was to start that and to simply bring the CrossFit uh, culture to, to Spain. Right. And that was, that was awesome. Uh, but in, in regards to your question about how do you guarantee that... Uh, you can feed yourself and uh, like the grow, bi- grow yeah. a team and that the business is thriving right. is you need to set standards early on and then you need to stick to them. And the other thing is you need to create a culture 
that is autonomous, meaning every single person who is in the space, whether they are coaches uh, or members, that they have ownership to some degree. And sometimes ownership looks like, uh, well, you, you're going to have cleaning duties or there's, you know, there's a set of things that you're going to have to do, which are kind of your, uh, your rite of passage is how right. you are a contributing member to, to the, the community, to the community. Exactly. Right. And, and, and that needs to be there and that needs to be, uh, an ongoing process of development, but there has to be that autonomy. The, the second thing is that, uh, within the business you really need to identify like you guys were saying earlier uh, what your mission is what your values are and uh, everyone needs to be aligned with that that being said in the alignment with the mission it's fundamental that each individual has their own values and mission defined and see how that aligns with the collective growth. Right. Are they there just following your lead and your script, or do they get to, at some point, run their own scripts or write their own things so that they feel like what they're contributing to is part of theirs and it almost merges with that? Mm -hmm. They're building it, too. Right. They're building it with you. Right. Uh, well, yeah. The, the thing with owners who dictate everything, who don't teach the majority of their classes mm -hmm. and don't take from their uh, you know, employees, like don't listen to their employees, don't implement things that their employees want to do. I think that's when they run into weird culture class clashes. And yeah, you get click clicks here and there and that it just makes it super weird. For um, the community, right? For the community. Because they're like, oh, I see you all the time and I know your ideas and your passions, but the owners don't like any of that. Exactly. Yeah, and that's 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 the end of the business, basically. Right. And I think within within defining the mission of the gym or the business and the each each individual person that is a member, uh, whether a coach or member, everyone's a member there. It's finding that alignment, and the expression of that of alignment is through. Uh, their practice, which needs to be a path towards mastery. And that can be, if this is a CrossFit gym, then everyone does CrossFit. Right. Uh, if it's a CrossFit gym that does weightlifting, it's, everyone's going to touch weightlifting. Some, Some people will focus on weightlifting once in a while, but their foundation will always be CrossFit. Correct. Uh, that would be like us. Yeah, that, that would be, I think that, that that's definitely like you guys. And that once there's a split or a divide, that's when the business starts to crumble. Yeah. So you have to keep the foundation, uh, pun intended, I guess, yeah. uh, strong. Uh -huh. And then you have to have all the different roles, uh, especially of the, the owners and coaches. You need to have very clear descriptions. And people need to uh, basically abide by what they uh, said they would abide by. Mm -hmm. And people follow rules. But rules that can be challenged and can be uh, developed over time. And that's cool. And then you need to be also very uh, squared off when it comes to finances. Like, 
having a, an accountant and a bookkeeper, that should be like one of the first things you do. And you should have for budgets. a legitimate yeah. business. Yes. Yeah, for a legitimate business. And and that's where I think the relationship with money has to be redefined for a lot of owners. And you have to realize that money is a member of the gym. And I think that's one of the hardest things for people is to realize that money is not just a number, but it's it's an active participant in in your business and the growth. So, uh, yeah, you have to develop a friendship with them. Yeah, yeah. Can you dig into that a little yeah. bit? So, not, give, not too deep. No, no, like, yeah, yeah. I'll give you an example. So, uh, for me personally, I've had the ability to generate money in my life uh, whenever I've kind of put some pressure on something or try to sell something, like, I can turn it around and I can make money. When I went through a period of time where I was generating a fair amount of money where uh, anyone who looked at my bank account would be like, whoa, <laughs> you're doing pretty well. Um, at that time in my life, I was twofold. One, I would always pick up the bill. So if like, I, we went out for dinner or something, I would pick up the bill. I would pay for things. I would cover everyone's costs and expenses. Um, I was always putting out. And then on the other side, I was living with this mindset of like scarcity. So I was kind of like holding on to the little I had left because I had been spending it all on this other side. And for lack of better words, I did this exercise where I, I wrote a love letter to money. And I realized that my relationship with money was like, for lack of better words here, and this is gonna sound kind of harsh or tough, but it's like, I was a pimp and money was my bitch. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what it was. And when I when I realized that, I realized, whoa, this is awful. Because I want money to be my friend and a collaborator. So I need to start treating it different. A healthier relationship. Yeah. Meaning, uh, yes, I would love to treat everyone to dinner tonight, but there needs to be some respect towards money. I can't just exploit it. Yeah. So. Uh, it's not like open bar. No, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not open bar. And what I didn't realize back then was that I was actually enabling people to develop that um, relationship. With yeah, that relationship with money or with me and money. So I think I think as a business owner uh, or if you have partners, you need to really establish how are we going to treat money uh, in a way that we uh, think about it in, in an abundant that it's there uh, and that you spend it, meaning you put it to work wisely, that you don't overspend or that you don't underspend and that that's an exploration. So you kind of have to uh, spend a few years figuring out what does that look like and it takes a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah, that's that's kind of it and, and it's funny because, you know, I've I've talked to several financial advisors and uh, the common thread is always like, okay, let's see where all your revenue uh, streams are and let's see how we can maximize uh, every single one of those revenue shares, uh, revenue streams and where the margins are, where we can create bigger margins and let's start scaling from there. I'm like, that's, that's cool. But then you realize that 
in the beginning of the business, if you set it up in a way where your biggest revenue shares or streams are, your biggest revenue streams are coming from a place that you're not passionate about putting effort into it, then you have a problem. Mm-hmm. You're gonna burn out. And then you're in a business that you actually don't wanna be in. Right, it's the whole like, I got a paycheck, but I hate all the hours that I put into this. Yes, and that's the worst. That being said, there are people around you most likely or not too far away that you can find that are into that. So what can you do to develop those people or put those people in positions where they're doing the work that they want to do and uh, generates the revenue that the business needs to continue to grow and to be healthy? And that has to be, you know, a quarterly exercise, a yearly exercise. Uh, I think that's important. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And then pricing. You know, pricing is hard. Val- I, I've struggled this with this my entire professional career in saying, like, the question, or the thing that you mentioned earlier, like, self-worth mm-hmm. and things like that. And how do you, at this point, when you're talking about running a a viable business how do you value yourself in the product that you're going to put out especially if it's supposed to be like a like a one-on-one time thing yep yeah so i think i think that's an interesting thing um i have a couple stories about this so one one story was when i was a personal trainer but i was had started doing seminars and found some success uh i was at this a startup company and the CEO asked me what my hourly rate was and I said uh, it's 150 and I was pricing myself high at the time I was like it's 150 an hour and he's like cool uh, maybe like 20 minutes later I was doing a tour and then I came back and and the CEO said hey by the way uh, the price that you set is wrong and I was like okay he's like I just want you to your website and this was the old gymnastics website mm-hmm. He's like, uh, are, is everyone in attendance at these seminars that you're teaching uh, paying full price? I was like, yeah, for the most part, maybe like 90%. He's like, well, if that's the case, uh, according to the hours that you're working at these seminars, the price of the seminar per person and the average uh, number of attendance, which I counted, <laughs> uh, your your hourly rate is uh, closer to 3000 an hour, according to that. Right. And he didn't say much after that, but it got me thinking, oh, am I underpricing myself? Mm-hmm. That being said, if I, if I went to you and I said, hey, my hourly rate is three thousand. Yeah. Would you pay that? I could not. Yeah, you could not, and most people would not. But maybe there's some audiences that would. Mm-hmm. The question is, is that audience in front of you right now? And if so, are they willing to pay? Great, then go with it. If is that not, the audience you want? To- that's that's the other thing is that maybe that's not the audience you want. So as as awesome as that price sounds and. Uh, as true as it is because it's actually happening uh, it may not be the right price right then the other thing is this um, when we were putting up videos on gymnastics wad we had someone reach out uh, who was deployed in the military uh, and this gentleman said is it any is there any chance you can send me a burnt 
like DVD mm. because I can't watch the videos online. Uh, my Wi-Fi is not that good. So we said, sure. And we had these DVDs and we ended up putting these DVDs up for sale. Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember when we yeah. had the GWAD DVDs? I, yeah. I remember making like a making like an announcement about it yeah it was, it was crazy and but you know at the same time too as somebody in seattle with all this tech and trying uh -huh. to stay up on it was like oh that's peculiar uh-huh like why would you do that why, why would you do that and like you know also being in the background and understanding some of the business stuff was like oh maybe this is a set precedent like you're trying to put volumes of it, it's having a book without Yes. Having a book, yes, right. it's like it's like buying a record, right? I, but I didn't understand that until after. But what I did understand there was that was my business partner at the time said, "You know what? Let's not set a price. Let's have people set their own. So if they want, they can just pay for shipping. I think it was like a dollar fifty or something. So it was like, like that. sliding scale, almost. yeah, yeah, yeah. You could set whatever price you wanted. We got people paying up to five hundred dollars per DVD, and we asked them why, and they said, "Well, it's just a way of me saying thank you." Anyways, we ended up averaging out the price, and it was something like twenty-five bucks uh, for, for a bundle of DVDs. And uh, Rogue ended up buying all these DVDs too, wholesale yeah. from us, uh -huh. and then they they did the distribution. Now, going back uh, in time, you're like, oh, why did we do that? Well, we did that because there was a need first that we wanted to help meet. In the process of that, we realized that we could maybe. Uh, give people this information in a different way even if it was for a limited period of time and at the same time it was something that people could hold on to and have as their their little you know almost like a like you said like a book an album uh it was a pro it was a physical product that people could hold in their hands uh beyond just the content that we were creating mm -hmm. and people people like that that's why merch works totally Right? That's why t-shirts are such so a big it's deal. It's a way to rep without, like, committing too hard somewhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, exactly. You know, so the funny thing there is when you go in terms of sliding scale, how some people would pay just shipping. Mm hmm And then you could find that $500 thing. Mm hmm that, that was kind of the first step in what, like, I... One of my favorite forms of entertainment is YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I was yeah, I love ta talking to somebody about it the other night when we were talking about streaming services. I was like, my favorite is YouTube Premium. And I can't watch normal YouTube now when I get an ad and all this stuff. But it's like, for me, for training, and then all the, the geek stuff about like film discussion, mm -hmm. um, comic book stuff, and then like training culture. Yep. Uh, I value that and whatnot. And you can see that these YouTube creators who have their own channels are doing things like Patreon now. Yep. Which is like, hey, we have different levels that, you know, just that we made up. Mm -hmm. Or you can throw us money however you want. And, right. um, you know, I hit a couple up because I value them that much. And then there are some that are just like, eh, it's cool. Uh, maybe I'll buy a shirt at some point. Right. Um, but it's weird that, you know, what you are doing is essentially that first iteration of Patreon and now it's exactly it's commonplace for everybody it is right? it is and it's very interesting do you do you uh, do you know David Dobrik the name sounds very familiar big YouTuber yeah okay uh, I think I've watched almost every video that he's put out it's not that interesting it's not uh, educational 
it's just pure uh, youth entertainment. But the reason I've watched every video is because somehow this dude figured out the formula of engaging with its audience. So it's kind of like the typical like and subscribe at the end, call to action, mm -hmm. and then uh, tweet me at David Dobrik and I'll feature you in the next video. So like engaging the community, right? And, and rewarding. And rewarding. Parting that, uh, yep. that engagement. Yeah. Uh, so it, what I'm always looking at is the mechanisms behind. Like how are they creating the, the engagement? And now it's interesting because this guy David Dobrik doesn't make a lot of money on face on on uh, YouTube ads, but where he makes all his money is on merch. And now you see companies like Fanjoy, for example, that mm -hmm. produce the merch for, for the big them. YouTubers, right. and then they do collection launches. Mm -hmm. So they're they're in the fashion industry all of a yeah. sudden. It's very interesting. And it was it, it started as a form of entertainment. Yes. Which could have been a form of boredom originally, just like mm -hmm. like many vlogs start off. It's just like, hey, I'm going to record myself. And then right. that gets a follow. So it's weird because people don't go into this stuff with like lesson or business plan. Right? And this is uh, this is Anchor we're recording on mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. So Anchor is awesome. Anchor is like, I think Anchor is the, is the YouTube of podcasts. Yeah. I mean, and, that's why I'm using it. Yeah. And they just got acquired by Spotify. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I really think that Anchor is the next iteration of what content creation is. And I mean, uh, this it's probably popped up for you, but uh, if they if you put an ad in the middle, uh, call to action, you get like a click per, mm -hmm. uh, a, a pay like per th click. Thousand, yeah. uh, like something per thousand of like listens or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Or I think it's like, uh, I think it's like 17 bucks. Uh, for a click click through into one of their ads mm -hmm. you're like that's actually a fair amount of money if you get 10 people to click through that's 170 bucks mm -hmm. that you just made on a podcast um, to use a platform that you actually believe in correct right that's and that's the other part is like uh -huh. if you're not sold into it because uh, you know this is this right here is my own personal thing and it's a personal project mm -hmm. I'm doing it for fun and for for boredom and kind of that encyclopedia or book thing. It's like, I want to save some of these conversations uh -huh. so I can play them later because I think I don't want to have the same conversation multiple times or explain to somebody else that what conversation was had when I can... Yeah, just listen to this. Here's the link. Yeah. I get the I guess the point that I'm trying to make in terms of like Anchor and the podcast is that if you start putting an ad uh, into the podcast over time, maybe 10 years, five years, one year... Uh, you'll know what the average value in terms of dollars is for your podcast right now uh, in relationship to the market, how you have decided to relate to it, meaning, you know, uh, an anchor app, an anchor ad or, or some other uh, call to action that you may have. I think that's a really cool thing because that means that price, one, can change. and that, Depending on the product. Depending on the product. And that it, it takes time. And it's also dependent on how you're engaging with the market and how you're playing the game. I think that's cool. Yeah. And from from those things, if you were to write that down and maybe with the help of somebody else, you could come up with some of your own self-worth or pricing for self-worth for mm -hmm. talking on a podcast versus showing up in person and, and having a talk versus 
having you there coaching versus mm-hmm. coaching through a phone call, like life coaching. You know what I mean? Yeah. So an example is this. Let's say, let's say uh, we're having this conversation right now, mm-hmm. right? And uh, let's say I go to the price point of $3,000 per hour. And I, I could not put that price point in front of someone and expect for them to uh, buy. Mm-hmm. But what I can do is I can add $3,000 worth of value out for free. Which may be a podcast conversation, a free seminar, whatever it may be. And then charge uh, an average market uh, price for a coaching service. Right. That's powerful. Now you're, you, the value added is so great that when you see the actual price and you understand, you're like, oh, I'll pay 200 bucks for a 30-minute call. Yeah, for the audience that you believe in or that you wanted. Mm-hmm. Because you obviously want the people who see the value and go, this is a stupid, ridiculous deal. Why am I not right. paying for this? Why am I not mm-hmm. doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, because of what worth they put on that. Yes. Right. And at the same time, it works as a filtering system. Yeah, because you're not going to get somebody who's like, well, I actually want you to uh, spot every one of my muscle-ups. Yeah, that doesn't work. Or if For $3,000 an hour, it might work. Right, right, yeah. For $3,000, I'll spot every single one. Uh, but, um, I mean, if you guys priced yourself at $25 a month for membership, that doesn't sting enough for people to have the accountability that you know people need to be able to get the results that they want. Right. right. And, and it's not enough buy-in for the community to be supported with the equipment, the coaches, the time, the everything that yeah. goes into. It would look like a completely different business. Right. This, you, you know, you couldn't pay overhead. You couldn't pay the staff. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes this a smaller and smaller business until now it's is this what you wanted to do right and you know those 20 I, I, I make fun of it the reddit community mm-hmm. the, specifically the reddit crossfit community they're classic I, I, I'm always like I look at it because I it's kind of like news like what are, what are people talking about but every time they talk about affiliations or being members at gyms I'm like I hope you're not a member of my I hope you never visit me Mm-hmm. And things like that because they just like that's not the type of person I would want in my gym because apparently they know everything mm-hmm. and they know they their value perception of training and what it should cost to be in a gym is different from what I perceive mm-hmm. that stuff to be. Um, even though we're all kind of in the same places and ha- can have the same discussions. Sure. And I shouldn't dismiss them completely. I just know that they're not the audience that I want. No. And I don't want them supporting us or me or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's hard for people to see that because then there might be somebody who opens affiliate who wants – who is an active Redditor who wants the Redditors there. Sure. But then you're asking for a $25 gym with Alico and Yusaka barbells with, like, fig spec – gymnastics rings and no. like polished walls and floors. It's not happening. Yeah. It's not happening. Yeah, yeah you won't even get a garage. Right. So, it, 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 yeah, I think I think that's it's an interesting thing. And I think pricing is such a it's such a money is such an interesting conversation. Yeah. It's hard, but I, it is you hard. Know, 
uh, this would be something like that I would love to hear maybe from you talking to somebody like an advisor mm-hmm. uh, oh, sure. on your podcast about like perceived value of self and how one can come up for that because again we're in a culture where it is a lot of small businesses and people who are you know I don't do remote coaching but I've been asked multiple times mm-hmm. and I just do, I have no idea how to price that stuff to say what is the product that you get do I right. do we Skype once a week so I can actually like, see your movement or do you just record your stuff and send it over and then I can I answer text and then do I charge per text or is it unlimited yeah and what are you paying and how are you pay- you know what I mean mm-hmm. so that like that's always hard and I think not just somebody with a small business in the training world but any small business owner yeah how do you figure that stuff out and how do you come up with these prices so that you can have a strong business because there are always ways that you could get lucky and find a good following because you take great pictures even though your phone might be older and whatnot you've got great composition and or you know how to post process easily or Mm -hmm. you've got a good personality and you just need to be in front of a camera and put that stuff out there and people are attracted to that right um and finding and striking that balance without making it um inauthentic Mm -hmm. it's like you don't have a personality so stop faking that you know you're out there if you're the knowledge on ice versus ignorance on fire kind of thing. <laughs> That's pretty good. Like, how does one advertise knowledge on ice? Yeah, that's it's very Because that might be the info that you are always asking for. I, I It is. And it's very hard. It's definitely very hard. Um, let, let's say I have knowledge. I have some knowledge that I think can be of value to people. I know that there are people out there that are really good at creating a campaign and blowing that up. What I know is that blowing that knowledge up in the way that most people would run a campaign, like to win an election or to make good amount of money, requires one to be... Um, tricky like uh, misleading almost and prey on people's insecurities and vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. so the question is is that what you want to do to see the outcome that you have in your head which is exact that 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 framing is exactly what you had today at the Muscle Up Esther class. Mm-hmm. It's starting up in your brain what is the ideal version that I see in my skull and where am I currently in real life when my eyes are open. Yep. And how does one get from one to the other? Yeah. Which first is acceptance acceptance of where you are the second thing is how how and you're gonna add something here but i'll I'll just say this because i'm on this train of thought um one can also get their knowledge out you know knowledge that's on ice (laughs) out in in this way like Mm one-on-one people think that one-on-one is very slow 
small bandwidth, but in reality, it's not. Well, I would say that's why podcasts have become as big as they are now. Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted, like, look at me and my posse and, like... <laughs> yeah, big numbers. <laughs> Huge collaboration. Mm-hmm. All these voices talking all at the same time and, like, vying for the attention or or trying to say, look, I've got knowledge and all this stuff again. But do people want that? Like, and, and or do they need that? And or... Do they think that's what they want? But they find out that, you know, I like listening to one-on-one. It makes more sense because I can follow your train of thought mm-hmm. and my train of thought and the conversation. Yep. Right? Uh, and it's always one of those things, too, where you're sitting there listening to something. Like, yeah. 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 And you make the same agreements and the same points. So you're thinking it's going to lead here and then it leads there. And then, you know, that kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm in that same mindset, too. And you know, mm-hmm. we, we think alike. and that gives you a, a fan or a follower. Yeah, a true a connection. Very, a, true, a true connection and somebody who, like, maybe that's who you're trying to attract in the first place. Mm-hmm. And now they're part of your team uh, in your community. Yeah, for sure. And and I think it starts with you. And when I say you, I mean myself and everyone else uh, practicing what it is that we believe in. And... That's that's hard to do. But it's the only way that you can create true connections and um, create true value. And it's it, it's true value because it's you. It's like, you're the person bringing this to the table. It, it's, it may have been done before and you've probably heard it before. But because it's coming from you in a in a true voice, uh, now people can engage with that. And I think if if everyone can just work with what they got, whether it's the money that they have in the bank account right now, or how much they're making, or their knowledge, or whatever, they will get better. Like, you're gonna get a really uh, great return from that. Mm-hmm. And you're going to gain. You're going to have more money. You're going to have more knowledge. You're going to have more experience. Like, But you have to work with what you have and not... The fake it till you make it thing, that's bullshit. And that's why setting a price of 3000 per hour is not real. Because the pricing, if you actually like look at the big picture, comes from one event that happens once in a while. Not, not your daily practice. Like, the daily practice looks like flossing and brushing your teeth and, you know, uh, wiping your ass. <laughs> not, not uh, you know, putting on a concert for 50,000 people. Right. You can only do that for so long. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think that's important. It's, it's, think about the things that you, I don't know how, how we really got here, but think about the things that you can do on a daily basis in a sustainable way and that you love and that you feel good about that's what's going to pay off the most especially if you are truly behind it like you really believe in it believe in it love it enjoy it yeah how do we get to that point self-worth yeah self-worth that's what that, that's the conversation is self-worth and i think that's the exploration of how how does one value themselves and if you can explore how you value yourself you may be able to see in others 
the value that they have um, beyond their behaviors, beyond the things that you may not agree with. And that's, I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good place to stop. Boom. Sweet. We, we don't have a lot of time, but I want to do this real quick. So, this is called the AMRAP. All right. All right. Um, so all just right. rapid fire questions yeah, yeah, yeah. if I can find these questions real quick. Okay. Uh, ducks. Let's do this. First okay. and foremost, introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Carl Powley, and uh, I'm a teacher from San Francisco. Awesome. Yeah, and that, that was like one of those things that... If I did the intro, I would say something completely different, but I don't know if it'd be correct or not. So it's always interesting to say, introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. And then is it short? Is it quick? Are you going to talk for a long time and then actually give us your background? Ah. All that other stuff. Anyways, here's the AMRAP. Favorite food right now? Ooh, uh, chicken, rice, and curry. From? Uh, Tanya. Tanya makes it. My Ooh, wife. Ooh, so nice. Good. Ooh, so good. She can share that uh, yeah, recipe. recipe whenever she's ready. What do you, What's your favorite thing to drink right now? To drink? Uh, I've kind of been on a little kombucha kick. Uh, oh, yeah. Holy kombucha, or what's it called? I, I can't remember the brand. Is right it now, a national brand? or? A I think it's a local, local? one. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. Is there a flavor that you like? Uh, no. I, I don't know. Whatever Tanya gets, I, I get in there and slowly start drinking it. Uh, you're from SF. Mm-hmm. You started Carl's Coffee Club. Ooh. What is your favorite coffee shop? In San Francisco, yeah. 50-50 on Gary Boulevard. Okay, cool. Yeah. Take note. Um, speaking call, of which... I the Vortex. Yeah. 30 seconds to talk about what Carl's Coffee Club is. Carl's Coffee Club is... It's my attempt at trying to bring people to a small little gathering where we can have a meaningful conversation and where people can share where they're at. We can discuss topics that... Um, can can be uncomfortable such as uh, politics religion uh, economics uh, self-development and to do it in a way where uh, there's no judgment only support fuck yeah what shoes are you wearing right now strike movement i'm wearing the chill pills the 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 latest chill pills the denim denim uh what's your favorite day of the week that's a great question uh I, i like mondays because everyone's awake Perfect. Do you have any nicknames? Uh, my parents call me Kale. Uh, story? Uh, it's just a Swedish uh, uh, nickname for Carl. How many languages do you speak, by the way? I speak three. Swedish, Spanish, and English. Yeah. What's I can your... defend myself in Catalan. <laughs> Favorite holiday? Uh, I love Thanksgiving. Ever since I moved to, to the U.S., Thanksgiving feels uh, like a good good place to be. No uh, presents or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or being present is the present. Ah, yes. How long does it take for you to get ready? In the morning? Sure. Uh, or anytime. I can do it in three minutes. Ooh. So that sounded very precise. Yeah, that's, that's cool. it. I shower, blow my hair, dry, blow dry my hair, and I'm out. Do you know the definition of triskaidekaphobia? No, but let me think. Triska? I don't know. Deca? Ten? Phobia? 
close. Uh, three, I don't know. What is it? Uh, Do you really want to know? Yeah. I usually just don't tell people a number. Yeah, yeah, what is it? Uh, the fear of the number 13. Really? I was born on April 13th. <gasps> So you can't be. Yeah, I can't be. All right. Um, do you snore? Uh, Tanya said I snored the other day. I, I might have been... It's a believer. Yeah. Biggest pet peeve? Uh, when people say uh, I'm fine. Ooh. Second biggest pe- pet peeve? Uh, when people answer with the word sure. What pet peeve do you violate yourself often? Both of those. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite three songs at the moment Two songs Oh, two songs uh, Keep Going by Mike Posner And uh, I'm liking uh, Memories by Maroon 5 is good And then uh, There's one um, A Hindu uh, song that I'm into It's called um, Hanuman uh, Baba Hanuman Or Hanuman Baba by Krish, Krishna Das Cool yeah. What's Speaking of which, and you can think of any kind of culture here. Yeah. Who's your favorite, like, taste maker? That could be somebody in music. That could be somebody in fashion, somebody mm. in training. Somebody you're always like, what are you doing? And I want to just get into the stuff that you're into. Interesting. I mean, I'm very interested in what Elon Musk is, is talking about. He, To me, he's a fascinating individual. Uh, I like what Mike Posner is doing. He's been doing for, for the last year, year and a half. And, Didn't he just finish? Uh, he just walking? finished his walk across nice. America. But I, I was start. I started following him a few years ago, and then now he's just kind of blown up. And then I'm also very interested in how Chantel Martin. She's a she's an artist um, that does these am- amazing drawings. They're just like simple doodles, but she has a signature style, and the way that she presents her material is awesome, and the messages she puts in. So I'm I'm looking at those three people. Awesome. How do you get yourself out of sad? Ooh, sometimes it takes a while, but uh, it usually happens when uh, I either get to talk to my parents or to my wife, uh, and they can show me a slightly different perspective that I may intellectually be able to get to, but they can uh, help me process it emotionally. Okay. Uh, One thing you need to be happy. You know, when I was a kid, and I've always done this, is on my birthday, I always wish for the same thing. Which uh, is? Which is happiness and health for everyone who surrounds me. That's perfect. Uh, pick one of the three movie franchises. Mission Impossible, John Wick, or Fast and the Furious. Mission Impossible. Ooh. Yeah. That's me too. For sure. Uh, what's your favorite workout? Uh, in CrossFit? Workout. Or and anything. Yeah, I think I, th- I love CrossFit. Yeah, CrossFit in general is awesome. I, I, I'm, I think I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. What workout in CrossFit? What benchmark workout in CrossFit? Ooh, benchmark workout that I like. Um, anything that has, like, overhead squats and running is cool. Um, any kind of combination is fun. Uh, anything with jump roping is cool. Um, yeah. Cool. Say a word in a different language. Uh, hey. Uh, hello in Swedish. Hey? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Donuts or cupcakes? Uh, donuts. Do you, uh, can you write in cursive? I can. Um, on a scale from 1 to 10, how good of a driver are you? Uh, I would say I'm a 10, but I'm most likely a 7. Ask for permission or beg forgiveness? Uh, I've learned to ask for permission. Last one. What is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Well, my mom actually just gave it to me right now over that video, which was... Remember who you are. Fantastic. Anything else you would like to say? 
Thank you for having me. Hey, no problem. Thank you for being you. Thank you for coming up to Seattle. Running your last, I'm throwing air quotes here, your last training seminar yes. ever. Wow. For the time being. For the time being. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, you've influenced a lot there uh, through this content you've had out there, through knowing you as a person. Your book, Freestyle Connection, available on Amazon. <laughs> And your local bookstores, hopefully. Yeah, there's some some local bookstores still have it. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of ours did. Yeah. Weirdly enough. Like, yeah, was, that was crazy, right? Um, where can people find you? Um, you'll find me. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, thank you. Right. Dude, so good. And that's a wrap. Big thanks to Carl for coming to Seattle and for spending time being a guest today. Congratulations, sir, on completing a decade of traveling for seminars. I'm sure it's not over. Um, but what a great run. What a huge influence and impact on my life personally, but I'm sure that extends to a lot of other people as well. Uh, and really, 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 really excited to see what comes next. You can follow Carl at Carl Powley on Instagram, and I'm sure you could find him on YouTube if you search for his name. Um, he has a book out, Freestyle Connection. It's awesome. Go pick it up. Otherwise, uh, rate and review the episode. That would help us a lot. And be kind to one another. Peace.